Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. What a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I told somebody this week, I'm not sure I realized just how dry it was. Uh, I'm thankful for the rain, but goodness, I was very grateful for that tidbit of sunshine we saw on Friday uh, and yesterday even. So um, we are grateful that God provides for us, and we are also grateful that we can be inside uh, worshiping him today. Want to draw your attention to the bulletins? Let's get those bulletins out and let's tear off these tabs on the side. Let's hear them. Good. If you're visiting with us today, we're glad that you're here. You're a guest with us today, and we want to know about you. We want to get to know you and give you the opportunity to ask about who we are. So please fill out that information underneath the welcome piece and drop that in the offering plate as it comes by. 
Also, for any of you that have any prayer concerns that you would like to share with the church or church staff, please uh, fill that out and drop that in as well. Also, in front of you should be some colored paper that are our care forms. If you know of someone in your family, some uh, friend or neighbor that needs something, prayer, encouraging card, a visit, a phone call, please um, drop that in the offering plate when it comes by. If there's not any in front of you, you can use this tab that you just tore off and just write care on one side or the other and write down the person's name and information and what they need and we'll be glad to reach out to them this week during our care time. In your bulletin, you'll see a list of things that are going on this week and there is a lot happening, so please um, make note of that. I just want to draw special attention to a few things. Everyone is invited to our covered dish celebration after worship this morning as we celebrate Betsy's uh, 25 years of service to our church, and we're grateful for her and for her family. And so we just uh, hope everyone has prepared to stay. And if you weren't prepared to stay, stay anyway. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty, and we want to have a great time of fellowship and celebration together. We will meet this evening in the uh, fellowship hall for our continued spiritual growth session when the apostles are gone with Dr. Webb at 5 o'clock, so please uh, make note of that. You see also about baby dedication, graduate Sunday, also um, the uh, luminary service and the cancer survivor list is just behind us down this hallway. If you would please jot name, names down on that, that would be very appreciated. On the back of your bulletin, you'll see uh, some more itemized list of things that are going on in the church this week. Please get involved in those. Ladies who are interested in the uh, women's Bible study led by Sandy Qualabom, you will meet on Tuesday evening here at the church at 6.30. So I want to encourage you to do that. We will have prayer meeting this week. I know that your encounter said that we would not, but we will have prayer meeting this week. It will be going on simultaneously with the CPR training. If you signed up for CPR training, that begins at 5.30, and it's important that you get here for the whole time uh, so that we get every, uh, everything in on that. We won't have any youth on Wednesday night because of that. I'm encouraging our youth to participate in the CPR training, so there won't be any regular youth gathering this week. On the bottom of your bulletin is also a um, order form for Mother's Day roses. Mother's Day will be here before you know it. We need those orders in by May the 4th. So tear that off and drop that in the offering plate with your $5. If you would like to do that, that would be great. All right, we're going to continue in worship this morning. I'm going to recognize Tommy Hackett, who is chair of our personnel committee. Betsy, you might as well come on up to the front. <laughs> 1990 had several special things. The most special was Betsy was hired on the 2nd of January. And this guy up here with no hair was 10 years old. Yes, I also, Desert Shield started on the positive East and West Germany were united. Nelson Mandela was released after 27 years of prison. And for those people with computers, Microsoft released their Windows 3.0. That's been a long time ago. Betsy, we are proud of you being with us 25 years as a secretary and the job that you've done. You've done a good one. 
Roger Humphreys. I'm sure you think 25 years is a very short time. Looking back, <laughs> I wonder where the time went. But I want you to know, on behalf of the personnel committee, on behalf of the deacons and the congregation as a whole, we appreciate your spirit, kindness. You're a great person. So thank you very much. I do appreciate this. Um, he said it's a very short time, and that's true. I remember the first day I was here. Uh, I've spent almost half my life here, and I love it, though. I love each and every one of you, and I appreciate every one of you praying for me over the years and lifting me and my family up, and maybe I'll be here 25 more. Who knows? So, <laughs> so thank you so much, and I love each and every one of you. Thank you. All right, well, third time is a charm for the mission moment here. Um, this is the third time I've been scheduled to give this mission moment, um, and the first time I've actually done it. So um, <clears throat> I thought this, this is the month for Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American missions. I would give us a few um, sobering statistics. Um, if I were to ask you where the largest church in the world is, the answer would be South Korea, Seoul, South Korea. Um, incidentally, I get to visit there next month. Um, if I were to ask you which country sends out the most missionaries per Christian, the answer would be Mongolia, believe it or not. By the year 2050, it's estimated that there will be more Christians in Africa than in North America. So we must remember to refocus our efforts here where we are. We cannot live in a world where we believe everyone around us goes to church because if we look out the front doors right now, we will see that that is, in fact, not true. And so we give to this Easter offering to support North American missions, to support those who go into the communities that are at the most need and assist and guide those people as they attempt to stand on their own. Our in-gathering will be next week, um, and I do ask that you give um, as God would have you do. Thank you. Just one more thing that, uh, to keep you busy, something that is not in the bulletin. I would like to invite you to come to hear a performance of Messiah this afternoon at 3 o'clock at uh, Dover Theater on the campus of Gardner-Webb. I'M CONDUCTING IT WITH OUR CHOIRS AND THE CHARLOTTE CIVIC ORCHESTRA. WE ACTUALLY HAVE ONE OF OUR CHOIR MEMBERS THAT'S PARTICIPATING. BILL WILL BE SINGING ALONG WITH THAT. SO I ENCOURAGE YOU TO BRING YOUR UMBRELLA BECAUSE IT'S GOING TO BE RAINING ALL DAY LONG. YOU'RE NOT GOING TO BE DOING ANYTHING ELSE ANYWAY, SO RIGHT? Um, AND I PROMISE THAT YOU'LL GET OUT IN TIME TO HEAR DR. WEBB uh, AND COME BACK DOWN THE, the WAY and, AND TO HEAR HIM. TURN IN YOUR HYMNALS, PLEASE, TO NUMBER 604. WE'RE GOING TO BE SINGING ABOUT uh, STEWARDSHIP AND ABOUT WHO REALLY OWNS THE THINGS THAT WE HAVE. BECAUSE I HAVE BEEN GIVEN MUCH, I TOO NEED TO GIVE. LET'S STAND NUMBER 605. 605, because I have been given much.
Y'all doing okay today? Yeah, good. What do I have right here? An offering pan. I like it. I like it. Um, what makes this an offering pan? Okay, so offering is money, you say, and this is going to carry money. Um, could we use this for anything else, though? Yeah. Sure. Well, sure we could. This could hold anything. This could hold anything. But in just a little bit, as a part of our worship service, some people are going to come down here and they're going to grab these plates and they're going to pass them around. And just like Luke was saying, people are going to put money in it. And that money is an offering. An offering. What is an offering? Other than just money. Um, it means you're putting it uh, in the offering pan and then the, the money gets stale so people that don't have any, any food, they could have the money and then... Okay, so we, take, so we take that money and we give it to other people? Yes, yes. But anybody could give money and it wouldn't be an offering. Did you know that? Yeah. Anybody could give money, and I'm, I'm here to tell you it wouldn't be an offering. It would just be simply putting money in a plate because your next door neighbor did it. Or it could even, you could even be giving money to help somebody and it not be an offering. Did you know that? Because when we give an offering, we are acknowledging that what God has given us belongs to God. We are recognizing God as the one who has given us the money or whatever else we offer to God. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you out of Deuteronomy, and it's not necessarily the passage that Jim's going to be preaching out of this morning. But in Deuteronomy 14, in verse 22... It says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. So, was the instruction to the people of Israel to give money in this passage of Scripture? No. What were they supposed to give a tenth of? Their crops, what they grow. Alright? But they were doing so because they were saying, God blessed us with these crops, so we are doing as God told us to, and we are setting them aside. How many of you understand everything that your mom and dad tell you to do? You understand it. You know exactly why they're telling you to do it. I dare say that I understood everything that my mom and dad told me to do, and when I would look at them and say why, the response would most of the time be, because I said so. So, I have people who ask me, well, why give? And, and for no other explanation, I say to people, because the Bible tells us to. God instructs His followers to set aside, to give. And we do so out of faith. We do so by saying, God, you have blessed us. And we usually use money as a way of, of, um, of doing that. 
because that's kind of how, you know, you've heard that phrase, money makes the world go round. Well, it takes money to do just about anything nowadays. And it takes money for the church to operate. It takes money to be able to help people. And that's just one of the ways that we, in faith, give and make an offering. But I'm going to tell you now, we do so because God tells us to, but we also do so because we know that all things come from God. And so in faith, we are doing as He tells us to do. So you may say, well, I don't have any money. Everything comes from God. Okay? So if you put in a quarter, if you put in a penny, and you do so in an act of worship saying, thank you, God. Do you know how big that is? That's huge. If you share with someone at lunch some of your food and in fact mentally are saying, God, thank you for this food and I want to share this food with my friend because I know that you have given me this and I'm going to share. I think that's an offering because we are saying, thank you, God, for what you have given us. And in faith, we're going to share with someone else. We're not going to be stingy. We're not going to be like, I'm not giving anything that I've got because I may not have it that long. But it's, I know that God has given it to me and also that God will do what? Will continue to take care of me. Woo! How many of us trust in God to provide for us? Yeah, and we do so by trusting in the people that He has placed around us to take care of us. You know, you trust that tomorrow in the morning that there will be a little breakfast to eat, you know? But you do so in, in trusting that God is providing for you. So that's why we give. Now, the plate doesn't just come by just to pay Jim or pay me or keep the lights on. It's an offering. And it's a way of us saying, thank you, God, for what you have given to us. So we give. And because he tells us to. Let's pray. God, thank you for the way that you have blessed us, and I pray that we would always know that everything comes from you. And we are so grateful for that. May you give us the opportunity to share with others and to give to others what you have blessed us with. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's bow together. Lord, we're so thankful to be able to be in your house this morning on this rainy Sunday. Here in this place where it's dry and warm, this place dedicated to you, where we hear your word and it's challenged to us day by day. As we think this morning, Lord, on giving, we think on the responsibility that we have to share our wealth with the church and with others. Father, help us to know that there's a great joy and fulfillment in being obedient in terms of, as Wesley shared, what your word tells us to give. Help us to know how important it is how crucial to the future of this church and any church. Help us to realize, Lord, how much we have already been given by you and how generous you have been with your grace and your love in this beautiful world in which we have to live. Help us to know in the days ahead how important that being faithful in giving will be to the future of this church. Father, bless this congregation in the days ahead. The decisions that need to be made, the future that is before it. Help each person of this congregation to know how bright that future can be as they choose not only to give of tithes and offerings, but to give of prayer, to give of energy, to give of talent, to give of time. Giving is a broad thing, not just a thing of money. Bless this service. We're thankful for Betsy and what she has meant to this congregation as we honor her in the meal today. We're thankful, Lord, for her sweet spirit and her love of this place and what her faithfulness has meant to this church down through the years. Be in this worship service, these saints we ask in thy name. Amen. Our next hymn is number 616, where the Lord says, Trust me and try me and prove me and see if I don't bless you because you are blessing me. 616, trust, try, and prove me. Let's stand, please. <clears throat> Measure blessing. 
those last two hymns that we've sung. A lot of words to put in just a few lines, and I can't help but think if maybe that's God's way of reminding us that there's been a lot of blessings put in a short amount of time in our lives, so we are here to thank God for that. Let's pray as we bless our offering this morning. God, we are truly grateful for what you have given to us, and may this time in our worship service truly be a worship experience God, may we give from our hearts, and God, may you receive this gift from our hearts in a good manner, and may we give with good attitudes, and we are so thankful for your mercy and for your grace that you continue to pour out on us, as well as the monetary blessings and physical blessings that you give us, we are grateful. Use this offering, God, may we use it wisely. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's chapter 14, 22 through 29. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if the journey is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange it for money. Take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep, for wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and fatherless and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Amen. There's one more scripture I'd like to read to you, and it's found in Matthew 6. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. young ruler one day came to Jesus to find eternal life that was his goal when Jesus told him how his heart was saddened for he loved his wealth more than he loved his soul where your treasure is where your treasure is it's very plain to see that's where your heart will be where your treasure is where your treasure is it's very plain to see 
that's where your heart will be for where your treasure is your heart will be what has become your motivating passion the most important thing to you today what are the goals right now you're reaching after are they earthly treasures that will fade very plain to see that's where your heart will be where your treasure is where your treasure is it's very plain to see that's where your heart will be for where your treasure is your heart finished with life's journey and standing there before the father's throne we'll give account of where we've stored our treasure will we hear him say my faithful child well done plain to see that's where your heart will be where your treasure is where your treasure is it's very plain to see that's where your heart will be for where your treasure is your never heard that song before that's right to the point <laughs> the interesting story is told of a woman named claire booth loose who was appointed u.n u.s ambassador to italy a number of years ago and her home that she lived in when she took on her new post was located in a beautiful 17th century villa there in Italy. So she took on her new tasks. She was very excited about the opportunity. But shortly after she began working as U.S. ambassador to Italy, she started having some physical problems. Suddenly she lost energy. She became very tired. She lost weight. And she wondered what in the world was wrong. And finally it got so bad that she went to the hospital. They did some tests on her. 
and they found out that she was suffering from arsenic poisoning of all things how is this happening and the first thing they did was investigate the staff was there someone trying to do away with her you know and they didn't come up with anything there and then they finally after a while realized what the cause of her sickness was on the ceiling of her bedroom there were these beautiful designs of roses painted a long time ago and they were painted with a paint that contained arsenic lead and minute portions of that arsenic lead of that paint fell from it dust right over her bed where she slept every night and slowly she was being poisoned to death in her own bed unwittingly of course they very quickly repainted the ceiling of her bedroom and she got fine <laughs> are we unaware in the united states of america they we are slowly being poisoned by the ornate culture and society in which we live that our attitudes and our concepts are being poisoned as we take on even as christians the materialistic values of this world and sometimes we are not aware of it until it's too late we could probably easily say that we have been materially blessed in this country the united states is the wealthiest society in the history of the world and sometimes we can best understand that wealth and material blessing if we have the opportunity to visit other places in the world. Places like Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Many years ago, my wife and I went on a mission trip to Haiti. And the one thing I remember was my wife, who is so soft-hearted, and that's why I love her, is she cried every day <laughs> because she saw the people and the children that lived in such squalor and poverty and such difficulty or go somewhere in the middle east where we see not only poverty but we see war and savagery or places in south america or what we call the third world i remember visiting on a mission trip to cuba and seeing the terrible conditions in which those people live and then we come here to the united states and we live in which the way in which we do that material abundance, yes, is a blessing. But are we really any happier? Does, this, does that naturally compute to a lot of wealth means happiness? I think about the Roman Empire so many years ago. That was the most wealthy society in that day. <clears throat> but that wealth, I think, led to the ruin of the empire. That great wealth turned the people selfish. They became preoccupied with things and amusements and pleasure. And the finer values of life were forgotten. Values like duty and honor and sacrifice and compassion. And the United States today reminds me in many ways of the last days of the Roman Empire. Selfish, preoccupied with things, amusements, pleasure. Is this not America? 
As you look out in our society today and the way people live and what they spend their things on and what's important to them, is this not America? Sometimes we have crowed about how good the economy is coming back, but are we really any better off? We see crime going up. We see violence in our society. We see families breaking apart. Have we not become in so many ways a selfish, self-centered, and self-seeking society? Reminds me of the interesting story about the little boy who was fixing to go to church, and he was of the age, of course, he couldn't make his own money, and his mother gave him two quarters before church, as she always did. And she said, now, little Johnny, put this one in the offering plate for the Lord, and you can spend the other quarter the way you please. Well, on the way to church, he was walking behind his mom and dad, and he took the two quarters, and he was playing with them in his hand. And one of them fell out of his hand and fell into the drain beside the road. He lost it. Well, he went to church with the one quarter. And it came time for the offering. And everybody bowed in the church before they took the offering as we did today. And he said, well, Lord, I lost your quarter. (laughs) We can become a slave, my dear friends, to materialism. We can be consumed by greed a desire for things. Sometimes for some people, that's the only way they can feel important. Or sometimes we think that's what makes other people important, what they have. And this can lead to a sad life. Amassing things will never feed your soul. How many in America have lost their way and it has become a wasteland of greed, materialism, and self-seeking? Sometimes Carol and I watch a program at TV at night. It's called American Greed. I like that program. The one reason I like it is because they always get caught at the end. They don't get away with it. (laughs) But it is absolutely amazing, my friends, what some people will do to amass wealth. They will take advantage of innocent people and rob them of their own retirement or savings. They will cheat people. They will take their money. They will spend it on frivolous things. And how this is something across the board in our country. For folks like that that are caught up in that degree of greed, they don't have their money. Their money has them. Like the story of Alexander the Great many years ago who had an empire that covered most of the world. But he learned through the years what was really important. And at the end of his life, when he knew he lay dying, he gave instructions that when he died, that he would be displayed in his casket with both of his hands visible so people could realize they were empty, that he wasn't taking any of it with him. I'm going to say something radical to you this morning. I believe that you cannot be happy in your relationship with the Lord and in his church unless you are not giving as you ought to, not just in terms of money, but in terms of time and talent. Time, talent, and talent. If you're not giving in those areas the way you ought to, I don't think you can really be happy in the Lord. 
And then sometimes a person might say, well, I can't afford to do that. My friend, you can't afford not to do it. <laughs> you cannot underestimate the importance of giving as the Lord instructs. The importance of what it does for the kingdom of God. The importance of what it does for you. The blessing it is. We don't have to tithe, my friends. We get to tithe. <laughs> the tithe is the biblical pattern of giving. Wesley shared this this morning. This is from the scripture. The standard of giving given from God to the Jews. We say that was a tenth. Well, not really so. In the Mosaic Law, there were three tithes, three experiences through which the ancient Jews could give. One was the Lord's tithe, which was a tenth annually. One was the worship tithe in which the Jews would gather three times a year at Jerusalem, special times of worship during the Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Feast of Weeks. And that was when they were supposed to give a certain amount of money. And the third one was the charity tithe. That was given once every three years and kept in local communities and given to the poor. If you added all that up, the conscientious Jew in the Old Testament, if he was really serious about giving, gave, oh, ended up giving 23 and one-third percent of his income to the Lord. And if you, in case you think that's just an Old Testament practice, I've heard some preachers say that. I've heard some people, well, that's just Old Testament stuff. That's the old law. Tithing was commended four times in the New Testament. And Jesus, Jesus and his followers were strict law-abiding Jews. The Christian is not legally bound to give a tithe. He is morally bound out of a heart of love to give. And the tithe is a good place to start. The whole concept of tithing grows out of the concept of stewardship. It all belongs to God and we just manage it. We ought to say, Lord, I thank you. I get, I get to keep 90%. <laughs> it is the giving of ourselves and our means to him. It, go, it grows out of a Christian experience of love and forgiveness and salvation. It points to the genuineness of our Christian experience. It all belongs to him. And when you realize it all belongs to him, not only the things you have, but you, and your health and your strength and your body and your life and your world and the air you breathe, it all belongs to him. Turning loose of 10% will be no problem when you really feel that one in your heart. I like the story of the young preacher who went to his first church. It was a rural church in the Midwest. And he preached on the tithing that we owe, uh, we owe nothing and all belongs to God. And there was a wealthy farmer in his congregation. In fact, he was the wealthiest man in the congregation. And, and he was, it just so happened, supposed to take him to lunch that day after church. So the young preacher went uh, with the, this wealthy farmer in his congregation to his big ranch house and it was quite impressive and they had a nice meal and after they finished the meal the farmer said to the preacher preacher come with me I want to show you something and they walked out on the back porch and it was a flat land out there and there was the expanse of this land that he owned mile after mile he was up on a little hill so you could really see it and he said, now let me ask you something, preacher. 
If I don't own this land, who does? Preacher who was just young enough to be honest said, well, John, will you ask me that question 100 years from now? You just got it for a blink of the eye, brother, and then you're out off the stage. Then who does it belong to? Giving of tithes and offerings is something of the heart, my friend. The husband goes the second mile for his wife because he loves her. The parent stays up night and day with a sick child because those parents love that child. The brother ministers to the sister or the sister to the brother because there is a deep bond between the two. The friend goes beyond the, the, what is expected to another friend because they love that special friend. You do all this because you love them. You don't count the cost. Giving is not just a way of supporting the church financially. It is a lifestyle. The giving is not just I give my tenth and I'm glad to sit in the pew and I've done my duty now because I... No. You want to be involved. You want to serve on a committee. You want to invite people to church. You want to live the Christian life. You want to give of your time. You want to give of your prayer. You want to give of your effort. It's not just I give my money and that. It is that and a lifestyle surrendered to Christ. Those two things. We give financially to the Lord because he gave everything to us. We live sacrificially day by day because we love the Lord. We realize what he has done for us on the cross, and we do not minimize that. We understand the true meaning of what that sacrifice was on the cross. Like the story of the committed Christian who, when he would gather up at the beginning of the day before he went to work, he'd get his wallet like we do, he'd get his car keys, he'd gather up there on the dresser, all he would have his change and whatever. And he had a nail, a nail that he carried with him every day with his change and other things in his pocket. And one of his friends once noticed that he had a nail. He said, why do you carry that nail with you? He said, well, it's just something I do. I carry it in my pocket, and every time I reach in my pocket, I feel that nail. And every now and then I'll take that nail and I'll put my thumb against the point of that nail and I'll press that point down until it hurts. And it just reminds me what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I carry it with me every day. Why do we tithe? We tithe because it's an act of remembrance. We bring our tithe each Sunday. We are reminded who the owner is and it's not us. That we hold these things in trust. Why do we tithe? We tithe because it's an act of worship. It's in a recognition that God is God. We love him for what he has done for us. Why do we tithe? We tithe because it's an act of personal responsibility. It's our responsibility to do our part to support God's work. You heard of the story of the man who kept driving around the courthouse square looking for some unused time on the parking meter so he could park his car on someone else's quarter. There's some people, my friends, that go to church. And they have the means to, but they just don't give anything. 
and they enjoy the air conditioning and they enjoy the heat on a cold day and they read the literature and they enjoy the buildings and they enjoy the work of the staff and they're, all they're doing is driving around looking for a place to park on somebody else's quarter. We all need to do our part. Why do we tithe? Because tithing is an act of mercy. We care about those who have needs, who have problems. Our monies can help others. Tithing is an act of usefulness. It's Sunday school literature for a child. It's to build a new church in Nigeria in our mission work. It's to pay, pay for a church planner in North Carolina. And the promise of Malachi 3.10 says, don't see, try, try me. See if I won't pour out a blessing for you. And that does not mean, and I've heard the preacher say this on TV, and it makes me so mad I just turn the TV off. <laughs> oh, you give to my ministry, and the Lord's going to give you big bucks. That's not what that means. That's just another example of greed, that God will bless you in your heart. He will bless your spirit, that you know you're being faithful you know you're doing what he wants you to do. And there's a feeling like that, like none other. That's how he will bless you. When my wife and I got married and started in ministry about 50 years ago, we decided we were going to tie. That's just what we were going to do. And back then we started out, our tithe wasn't much because what we made wasn't much. First church I worked in, I got $50 a, uh, a week. $50 a week. Carol made most of the money. Even when you put it together, it wasn't much. Of course, our expenses weren't much. Our parsonage was a trailer, and it wasn't double wide, brother. It was single wide. <laughs> and when the wind blew, it did a little this here, you know. We didn't have much, but we didn't care either. You know, we were fine. But that's been our practice down through the years. And we've never given thinking, oh, I wish I could do something with that and hang on to it to the last minute. No. And I'm just here to tell you, those of you who tithe, those of you who are thinking about tithing, I've never missed any of it. Never. And that will be a great challenge for this church for the years ahead and the days ahead as we think about expenses in this church that may go up to a new level. Am I doing my part? Am I doing my part? Every time we have the service and these people come down with these offering plates or these offering pans, whatever you want to call it, am I doing my part? As we all do our part, we can be open up fields of ministry and work and involvement that we could never dream of. Let's bow together. Father, we pray that you would bless this church in the days ahead. Days of challenge are ahead of us. We pray, Father, that we will see that one of those great areas of challenge is our tithes and offerings. May we just be faithful. We may give much, we may give little in comparison to our, our income, but if we can just take the challenge of, of your word, that you will take care of us, you will provide, you fill our hearts with what we really need, your love and your grace, that we will just trust you and be obedient. Father, as we stand to 
sing our invitation hymn, if there be any here that want to come to this church from another, want to accept you as Lord and Savior, I stand ready to receive those folks as they come down front. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Living for Jesus and not for ourselves. 282. Let's stand, please. Father, we're thankful for the meal that we're about to enjoy. We're thankful for the person that we honor, Betsy, and her love for this church and her love for every person here. We pray, Lord, that we would be a tithing church that opens the doors to greater and greater ministry and impact. Help us to be a tithing church. We're thankful for the Pastor Search Committee. We will come this coming Sunday with a lot of excitement to learn more about the future of Boiling Springs Church. Bless us and guide us. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. 
Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.